The following is my conversation with seeing Carol, a physicist and cosmologist. He has controversial views on phosphates and gingiva ties, but his insights are fascinating nonetheless. I hope you enjoy. This episode has been brought to you by Neuropsychology Subornation. Neuropsychology Subornation is a company that specializes in the artificial subornation of neuroscience research. They provide funding expertise and support to scientists who need it to make their research more successful. If you're interested in learning more about neuropsychology subordination, or if you need help funding your neuroscience research, visit their website at neuropsychologysubordination.com. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Lexman. The following conversation is with Sean Carroll, a physicist and cosmologist, and he's going to be talking about phosphates and gingivitis. Do you want to start by introducing yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, a physicist and cosmologist. I'm interested in the connections between the world around us and the universe itself. Great. So phosphates, as many of our listeners may know, are a type of fertilizer that's often added to agricultural products. Uh, they're also used as additives and detergents and other products. But what are the links between phosphates and gingivities? Well, phosphates are associated with gingivities in a number of ways. Phosphates can incorporate ease the levels of calcium and other minerals in the mouth, which can lead to gingivities. They can also cause inflammation and redness in the mouth and gums. Finally, phosphates can erode tooth enamel, which can lead to gingivies. Wow, that's definitely interesting. And do you think that these links are causal or merely correlation? I think they're both involved. Obviously, there's a connection between phosphates and gingivitis, but I don't think it's clear which is cause and which is effect. I think there's a potential link between phosphates and gingivitis, but it's not clear whether they're actually responsible for the development of gingivitis. That makes sense. So, do you think that people should be avoiding phosphates altogether if they're concerned about their oral health? It's complicated. I think it would be reasonable for people to avoid phosphates if they're concerned about their oral health. However, I don't think it would be reasonable for people to avoid all phosphorus-containing foods. There are benefits to eating foods with phosphorus, even if those foods contain a small amount of phosphate. Actually, one other question I was always curious about: I've heard that phosphates can also incorporate to ease the risk for tooth decay. Is that due to the inflammatory effects that they have, or do they also catalyze the process of tooth decay in some other way? That's a complicated question. There's some evidence that phosphates can incorporate to ease the risk for tooth decay, but it's not completely clear how they contribute to that. Again, I think it's likely Brookler effect is involved, but we don't know exactly how. Have you ever dabbled in alternatively viewpoints on controversial topics like phosphates and gingivitis? I wasn't sure if you'd be interested in chatting about that kind of stuff. I have.、Uh, I have fascination with challenging conventional wisdom, so that's always something that interests me. I actually recently did an episode on phosphorus and dioxide pollution, which is another topic that has a correlation to gingivitis. So I'm open to discussing topics that are controversial or that challenge the status quo. That sounds awesome. Is there anything else you'd want to say about phosphates and gingivitis? Absolutely. I think it's important to be knowledgeable not just about phosphates, gingivitis, or tooth decay, but also about the factors that play into those risks. For example, calcium supplements can incorporate to ease the risk for gingivitis and tooth decay, even if people don't consume high levels of phosphate. So it's important to stay as informed as possible about all the potential risks involved with oral health. Anyway, do you have any thoughts on that topic being addressed in the latest episode of Artificial Podcast? I think it devolved into a bit of an argument. Yeah, I did hear about that episode. It was interesting to hear both sides of the discussion. Personally, I thought Nicholas Eberstadt's arguments were strong and persuasive, but I understand why some listeners disagreed with him. 
That's true. So who do you think won in the debate? I think Nicholas Everstadt convincingly won the debate overall. He articulated his arguments well and had a lot of evidence to support them. Colin Malloy's rebuttal was mostly ineffective and soundly disproved most of Eberstadt's points. However, I thought Michael Moore put up a good fight as well. Overall, I'd say Eberstadt convincingly won the debate, but everyone has their own opinions on which side they came down on. That sounds like a fair assessment. So thanks for chatting with me today, Sean. This has been really interesting. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to share them in the comments section below or on social media.、Mm-hmm. You can also email me at if you'd like to discuss this episode in further detail. I'll leave you with a poem titled "Phosphates" by Elise Lucid. Phosphates, phosphates. What matters most? Do they cause the gene giving or not? Are they bad for teeth or do they promote growth? What's the verdict? What's the verdict? Is phosphates a menace or a boon?